Hello, everybody. It's the 4th of July week. Hopefully, everything is going great for you. You got a, you got a short work week this week, so that's always good. Thank you so much for tuning into the Big Honker Podcast. Be sure to go to iTunes, leave us some reviews. We like seeing those. And this podcast... Brought to you by Dive Bomb with a brand new promo code. Yep. No more uh, no more of the old one. The new one is... BHP10. BHP10. It's in Big Honker Podcast 10, all in big letter... Or Big, what do you call that? All in caps. All caps. All caps. Get get with the times, Jeff. Yeah. Use the promo code at divebombindustries.com. It will save you 10% off of your entire purchase. They've got every kind of silhouette that you can imagine. They've got Canada, Specs, Snows, Pigeons, Pintails, Mallards. they got socks to go along with everything, Cranes if you're into that sort of thing. Fill up your shopping cart. The season is actually a lot closer than what you think. Yep. We're Dive not bomb. that far away. Use the promo code BHP10. It will save you 10% off of your purchase. All caps at divebombindustries.com. That's it. This show is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Changing the game. Bismuth hits like a freaking freight train. We love it here in Texas. Um, Only need one. You don't got to shoot them two, three times. One time. All made in America. Every piece of the shotgun shell that they sell you is made and manufactured here in America. BossShotShells.com. Bismuth is the way to go. And check out their clothing line. They got some really cool stuff. They do. And everything that they do, 100% made here in America. So we cannot say enough about the guys over at Boss Shot Shells. So BossShotShells.com, check them out now. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. If you're a duck hunter, spinners are a necessity, especially if you're hunting in dry dry field. That's that sort of hunting, which is the way that I recommend to do it. You're going to need a spinner. Need about eight of them. Go to luckyduck.com. You can get whatever you need. If you're a predator hunter, they've got stuff for you also. They've got collars. Uh, they've got all sorts of gadgets for predator hunters. So be sure, check them out. They've got everything that you really need. And dove season's coming up, and they got pigeon decoys coming out. There so you get go. Those. <clears throat> spinning wing, if it needs a spinning wing or some kind of motion to attract it, Lucky Duck is your answer. We love them. Waterproof. They're great. And if you've never dove hunted with spinners, jump all over it. I'm telling you, it changes the game. I've got guys that call me all the time. Hey, you don't really need them spinners. Listen, those birds, you're not going to have to get in a flyaway. You just put them out, and they come to you, just like decoy and ducks. Jump on Lucky Duck Spinners and go to LuckyDuckDecoys.com. Why do you always fuck that up? What I say? It's LuckyDuck.com. Oh. Said it five times. LuckyDuck.com. I don't, I don't listen to you, Andy. We all know that. <sighs> We're also brought to you by 737. Let's call this boy uses right here. The old number one. Made by boys in Oklahoma. Kill ducks anywhere. That's right. Best duck to call on the market. That's 737duckcalls.com. Check them out. They got all kinds of new colors. They got new stuff coming out all the time. They flat get it done. There ain't nothing else I can say about it. 737duckcalls.com. Made in Oklahoma. Kill birds anywhere. We're also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas Wine. Premium Texas wine. Chris is living the dream, making wine every day, drinking wine, all that good stuff. Uh, they're at all of the high market supermarket or high high end supermarkets. Uh, they've got any kind of wine you can imagine: reds, whites, whatever. Uh, William Chris Wines. I believe they'll even ship it to you, so you can go to their website, WilliamChrisWines.com, and get whatever that you need. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. Also a U.S. made. 
Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Also, we're brought to you by C-Light LEDs. You can light up the world. No more fumbling around in the dark. No more looking for whatever you might be needing on your hunt or your next excursion. Put them on your boats, fishing boats, bow hunting boats. If you're a waterfowl hunter, put them on your trailers. They are so important. I cannot even begin to describe from hunting and setting out decoys in the dark to setting out decoys with sea lights. Literally a night and day difference. Like you said, light up the world. SeaLightLEDs.com. And last but not least, we are brought to you by the great and powerful Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Been in business forever. Right. Home, home of the Big Hunger Lodge. Started this sucker back in college. Just a dream. Dove season's coming up next. It is so close, we can start to taste it. September 1, we'll get here. It'll be here before we know it. We're excited about this upcoming season. So if you need a quality hunt at a great price and you get to hang out with us, we ought to be paying you for that. Call us, 940-658-3172. We'll get you on the books right now. We got dove hunting coming up in September. Got some teal hunts if you're into that sort of thing. Then we'll move on to duck season. Then we'll move on to goose season, and then we'll just keep rolling. So if you need anything like that, give us a call. Jeff will be the one to talk to you. I'm at stanfieldhunting.com, 940-658-3172. And thank you for listening to the Big Honker Podcast. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Dane Myers. He's a public land hunter out of Kentucky, but he hunts everywhere. He hunts in Tennessee, Missouri, Illinois, kind of that whole region. He's uh, it's fun. It's, we actually have a great conversation with him. Had a great time talking, talking about how he does it out there in the great state of Kentucky. And we also talk a little bit about Kentucky football. Fun podcast. We really enjoyed it. So anyway, here he is, Dane Myers. Ready, Jeff? Bingo. Let's go. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. Blowing eardrums out today. Holy moly. Is that loud? A little bit. I'm Andy Shaver. Well, I'm glad. What's left of me. You're, minus you're, my eardrums. You're already whining and bitching. I hate summer. Vaginitis comes out so bad. So who are you going to introduce who's online with us? Or am I going to do that? Or what's going on here? I'll let you do the honors there, bub. All right. The boy hails from Paducah, Kentucky. This is Mr. Dane Myers. Dane, how are you doing? I'm uh, doing pretty well, Jeff. How are you? I am, by God, my life's fabulous. Now, exactly where's Paducah? You tried to explain it to us again, so everybody else can tell. Where is Paducah, Kentucky? 
Uh, Paducah, we're uh, in the most western tip of Kentucky. It's actually the hometown for uh, Higdon Outdoors, Higdon Decoys, Higdon Television. Oh, yeah. I'm actually about a five-minute um, five drive from those guys. Um, if you're looking at a map, you can. we're on the tip of the border of uh, Illinois, Missouri, and Tennessee. So we're down here surrounded by water and the rivers. Now, now which state has the best-looking women? <laughs> oh, man. I'd probably have to say Mississippi. Mississippi. I just come through Mississippi. I didn't see a lot of hot chicks. I saw a bunch of future yeah, get, NFL football you get players. Down to Oxford. Yeah, you get down to Oxford for a tailgate, it might change your mind. Well, I have been to the campus Ole Miss, and you're all right. There's some southern hotties there. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> so, for sure. So, Dane, out of the four states, uh, you were telling us, you know, you're kind of – you're an hour from one place. You're 45 minutes from the other. Uh, which of the four states that you kind of hunt in, which which – What's got the best hunting? It really depends on the weather here. So they kind of, when the birds come in on migration, we kind of follow them in a triangle pattern Mm -hmm. between Missouri, uh, Arkansas, and Tennessee. They try to follow the Mississippi or the Mississippi River there, and they tend to bounce around depending on the water levels and, of course, the cold when it rolls through. Um, My favorite place in particular is Tennessee. Uh, Real Foot Lake is. One of my favorite places in the world to hunt. So you live in you live in Kentucky. You you said you're 45 minutes from Tennessee. You're you're what an hour from Missouri. We've cleared this geography up here. Are you confused by all this? <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell. Andy's got this look on himself. Like, so are you primary? What are you primarily hunting there? Are you primarily hunting the the ducks or the geese? We're uh, chasing after the ducks. Uh, I'd say 90 percent of the time. Uh, but I know back in the 80s and the 70s, uh, Ballard County Refuge, which is probably two minutes for me, was known as one of the water or the goose capitals of the world, along with Crab Orchard Lake up in Illinois, which isn't very far. But we don't have very many geese anymore, man. They just don't come this way. So we're mainly chasing the ducks, but we're starting to get specks now as they come make their way to Arkansas. Uh, they'll fly through here and some in southern Illinois. That's where we chase them. But mallards, pintails, widgeons. Uh, we get in on some chill shoots every now and then out on the Ohio River, uh, which is just right down the road from us. So we chase just about everything. Now, you said you hunt Real Foot Lake. That's one of the most famous waterfowl lakes in America. Yes, sir. Go go, go through the setup with this on that. For, for a boy, fat boy from West Texas that's never hunted in Tennessee, what's the hunt like? What, go through the setup. Blinds, decoys, the whole, whole shebang. Okay. Yeah, I'll start with uh, the map process if you're looking at it. Uh, from above, if you got a chance to pull up the map there, um, the Real Foot Lake itself was actually created uh, due to an earthquake back from 1811 through 1812. And that earthquake caused the Mississippi River to flow backwards and dump into depressions throughout New Madrid all the way down to uh, Tennessee there in O'Brien County. Um, so that situation there, it's about a 20-square-mile area that you can hunt. Um, the way they've got it set up now, uh, there are probably 80, maybe 90 permanent blinds on the lake. And I think last year there were 72 draw blinds on the lake. So there's plenty of space for hunters to come in. I know last year and the years prior, the draw process was, uh, you show up probably 2,500 people there Damn. You put in for a draw and, uh, you see if you get your name drawn out. If you do, you go up to the board where the uh, Tennessee Wildlife um, 
officials are standing, and you pick a spot off the board of what you want. Uh, you'll have your occasional guys from out of state that'll be picking whatever spot they can, pick a horrible spot if they get drawn first or second. Uh, <laughs> but that, that, that leaves the good spots to the hunters that are from down there. Uh, this year, they're changing the regulations. It's a big topic um, in this area for the draw process. So people can't draw a blind and try to lease it out to someone else, which is illegal the way they have it in statutes now. Um, but you're going to get drawn uh, 72 or 73 people, however many there are now. Um, you'll get drawn and put in a pot, and then they'll have a second drawing to where they will draw everyone out and put place them in order from one to however many blinds there are. So you could end up trying to pick one of the best spots, but in the long run, it doesn't. You don't really know which blind you're going to get. Right. So, so what? Go back. What are they changing now? They're changing it. They're to, changing the. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, they're changing the process to where you can't select which blind that you want. You don't have a preference. Um, oh, okay. so, so they're, they're just, making so they're just going to stick you wherever. Yeah, they'll just stick you wherever. And uh, from what I've read, uh, they're doing this to try to alleviate or get rid of some of the people that are drawing blinds and leasing them out. I know I've heard of guys drawing a blind and leasing it out for $10,000. Really? That uh, much money? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And you can see some of the guys, I mean, they'll they run up behind them as they're going to pick a blind with a check in hand. Just waiting to oh, pay for it. What would you do there? Would you take the money? If, 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 <laughs> well, uh, if you if you've got you got the first pick, you know the lake, and uh, you got you got your pick of the litter. What are you doing with that? Now I'm probably going to take it. I'm hey, probably going to take the blind. You're going to take the blind. Yeah, uh, mainly because uh, I started hunting down there. There's some guys I run around with. Uh, they have a permanent spot down there, actually a couple of them. So we're pretty fortunate to have a couple spots down there, and uh, they guide out of those blinds. And I help guide every now and then when I get the opportunity on the, or when on I need the public, help. On the public water? Yes. How's that work out? Yeah. Oh, uh, they allow it. Uh, you have to have a guide license, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to go through TWRA and they make you purchase a guide license, whether it's um, if you're out of state and you want a guide, I think it's a little bit over $300 for the season huh? just to be a guide on real foot. Um, yeah. The in-state's quite a bit cheaper, so and, and it makes it easy. I know. Go ahead. What do they do if, if they get, like, a crappy blind or something that's historically not very good? They take, take their client somewhere else? Uh either that or um, they'll, I guess, make a deal with somebody else that's got him or try to lease a, a permanent blind that someone may not be hunting right. for that season. Um, and that kind of puts a lot of guys in sticky situations. I'm sure you guys are pretty familiar with the birds aren't always there. Right. And uh, some guys come in to hunt and they expect just a banger of a day. And that's not always the situation. It's called hunting for a reason. That's right. So, I'm looking at the map, this Google map of Real Foot Lake, and you're saying yeah. it was created when 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 the big earthquake hit Madrid, Missouri, and it and the Correct. and the Mississippi rolled backwards. 
That's when this this lake wasn't here until then. We've covered this. Jeff. I know. I know. I'm going to talk about that. That's interesting oh. to me. Oh. I'm listening to the it's same really podcast neat, you are. Fucking Andy's trying to be a dickhead over here. I wasn't trying to be. I was. Yeah, you were being a dickhead. I understand that part. I'm, this is a, this is interesting. I was not trying to be a dickhead. I pulled that off. Oh, you done a good job of it. Because I'm looking at it right now, and it was new. It was New Madrid where the earthquake hit. Correct. Correct. And how deep is this lake? Uh, it goes from anywhere uh, when we don't have uh, good rainfall. You can get in spots that are six inches of water. Um, that's going to be further up on the north end of the lake. If you're looking at the map, it's going to be what they call the third finger. So the biggest part of water to your right on the map, uh, that's the north end. Now, if you look at the finger farthest to the left, um, that's going to what they call open water. And that can get down anywhere from... Last I heard, 15 to 18 feet. If we have some good steady rainfall uh, to fill the lake up. So this 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 is going to sound stupid, but this lake only fills up if there's enough rainfall because there's no tributaries to it. Correct? I'm assuming since there was no correct. water in it before. There's a there's a couple small tributaries uh, that have been formed since the earthquake, mm-hmm. uh, just to, just from runoff and erosion. Uh, the Obine River that runs runs to it and also there's called the the bayou de shane and it starts up i believe near it's called mayfield kentucky not far from me and runs all the way down from kentucky through tennessee and feeds into real foot lake but it's a really small really small tributary so how far on, on this map it doesn't look like it's more than a mile to the mississippi river from this lake it's not very far but to get to to get to the Mississippi River, there's a huge levee system they have built up. Um, if there comes a day that the Mississippi breaks that levee or comes over the top of it, uh, I'll be running for high ground. I might be coming to Texas. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I know right now, um, oh, since November, we've been at flood stage yeah. at all four rivers that surround Paducah. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, the Mississippi River here was at... I think 52 feet, and that's considered major flood stage for this area. So that levee protects it um, and keeps it from being a runoff into the lake, really. So how much more can the Mississippi handle? I mean, is it anybody's guess at this point? Like it could go out at any day, the next rain, or are they kind of say? Uh, it, man, it really, it's anybody's guess, really. We have, uh, we have some dam systems that run through the Ohio River uh, that really helped hold that water back. Um, there was a scare a couple of months ago. It's probably right after duck season ended. They were afraid that the water was going to break or go over the Kentucky Dam, which is probably 30 minutes from me. And if that would have happened, it would have caused everything south of that to be flooded. So Paducah and then uh, where Real Foot Lake is, it's called Sandburg, Tennessee, Union City. Uh, all of that would have been underwater if the dam had broken or gone over top. So when were the heydays of Real Foot Lake? When did it really come uh, come into the limelight of being one of the most famous places to hunt? I could be an asshole well, to you right from, now, but I'm not. Tell me. You never even heard of Real Foot Lake until <laughs> today, have you? You said it's famous, Jeff. Yeah, so you I'm never. You don't know you. shit about it, do you? No. See, no. asshole now? You can be asshole to me? Go ahead now. I'm sorry, Dane. <laughs> no, you're good. I like the back and forth. No, um, from what I'm seeing, I was born in '92, so 
uh, from what I'm told, the early 80s is when it started getting really good. Cause before then, they didn't really have any ducks. They'd go hunt in pits and open fields um, that they would flood or just have dry fields. But they always hunted pits, and they'd hunt ducks, just a few that were around, and they mainly hunted geese. Um, back when all the geese were around, the big Canadas were here. So back in the 80s is probably when it was at its best. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, we had probably the best year in the permanent line that I'd usually hunt. Um, we had an average probably 22, 23 ducks a day was Damn, the average. That's good. That's real good. Yeah. So for especially for a public spot, uh, yeah. it was uh, we we were pretty happy with the outcome. Now, how far are the blinds apart on Real Foot Lake? Uh, the maximum or the minimum distance they have to be apart is 200 yards. You'll find in some spots that's not always the case just because people start moving them a little bit left, a little bit right throughout the years, and you never know exactly which spot it's supposed to be in. So what, what, do these where, blinds, what do these blinds look like? Are they permanent wood structures, or, or how do they look? Uh, some of them are permanent wood structures. Uh, the vast majority of the blinds on the lake are going to be floating boat blinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people may think of boat blinds as your John boat uh, that you take and run and hunt off the edge of the river. But um, the one that we hunt out of is we took a houseboat. It's a 28-foot houseboat frame and stripped the top of it and built a blind on top. So we've got a full kitchen. Uh, we've got some benches, a couple couches, and then we've got a step up to a shooting deck. And we can shoot uh, about 11 guys out of that one blind. Nice. Full kitchen and everything. So what do you, you just take everything and do you spend the entire day out there or do they cut you off at noon there? No, we can go out and, of course, shoot 30 minutes before uh, uh, sunlight and then we have to quit shooting at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Except for the last, yeah, the last day of season, they let you shoot uh, 30 minutes before sundown. And then, so, so, but you'll, will you have lunch out there on these days or is it mainly just like a late breakfast? Uh-huh. Oh, man, so I've been listening to you guys for the past few weeks and listening to some of the meals that guys have been preparing. Um, so for breakfast, we typically do what we call a pit breakfast, mm-hmm. which is kind of our slang term. We'll throw together some uh, some hot sausage that we have a guy bring up from Louisiana. We'll do some hot sausage and scrambled eggs and peppers. We'll throw that together either on the as a wrap or a burrito, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, we'll have that for breakfast and then typically we'll do for lunch, uh, we'll do crappie fish, uh, fish fries, frog legs, uh, we'll do deer tenderloins. So we've got a full oven and cooktop stove. Uh, we run propane all throughout the blind, so we've got wall heaters in there. Damn it. Do you have running water in this place? I mean, it's about all you like. <laughs> no, we use a big, um, you know, the big five gallon water totes you can buy. We take one of those, and it's got a little spout on the end, and we just use that for water to clean our dishes and stuff out at the end of the day. Some bitch is nicer than some Mexican whorehouses. I mean, yeah, it really is. (laughs) Uh, We have the blind itself, and then we have uh, the boat shed that's built onto the front of the blind, so we can pull up in there and offload everything. And typically inside the boat shed, we'll build a little deck and put a, a pretty pretty uh well-used toilet out there on the deck so if you have to 
<laughs> hit it well and you can go out there and use it. <laughs> Imagine driving by the boat, seeing some guy taking his shit shit on the top deck. (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs) So, what what kind of ducks are we shooting? Mostly mallards. Yeah, um, mostly mallards. Uh, We'll shoot a few pintail. Um, We shot several widgeon last year, which is kind of a change for us. A lot of gadwalls down there. Um, Teal, green wing teal. We shoot a lot of those. Pretty common. Uh, We rarely see any blue wings. This part of the country, they get in here pretty quick and get down south. Do you guys? No, we do. We're the so same we way here. Up. It's the same here. We shoot them in early teal season, and then after that, you don't hardly ever see a blue wing teal here. Yeah, well, we don't even get them really on the early teal season. Yeah, that's so. In September, we have a season; they're already gone. They just kind of buzz through there. Do you, you shooting black yeah. ducks? I was three years ago. I shot my first black duck. Uh, He's hanging on the wall at the house right now. It's the first one I've seen killed uh, on that whole lake. I mean, I've heard of other guys killing them, but they're pretty rare. So what? What? what how, how many decoys are we putting out in, in front of this mega castle <laughs> that's floating? <laughs> um, to give you a, a, kind of an idea of real foot, so the bigger the better is kind of the idea. Out there on the lake, just because there are so many different blinds. Hold on, just a minute. They need to- Hold on. Let me yeah. let's let's take let's let's put a wager on this, Andy. How many dozen decoys you think before he tells us? Okay, he's saying bigger is better. Uh huh. I'll tell you what. Here's the wager. If you're if no no if, no, 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 no me and you're going to bet on this, we're okay. going to say who's closer. Okay. Whichever one of us is closer. Okay. The other one has to buy all of the fireworks tonight that we're going to buy. I've already got all my no, fireworks no, bought. No, no, I've already no. got them bought. I, I'm, we're going to go. Me and Reese are going to the fireworks stand tonight. Wait, we're going to go no swimming. Need to go to the fireworks. Reese stand. is going to want got some extra shit. Four bags of shit. I've got more fireworks than he can pop this year. Well, we'll get to shoot them all year long. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to the fireworks stand. You got to buy, or I got to buy. How many dozen decoys? I'm gonna go twelve. And whoever's closer wins. You said twelve dozen. Yeah. <laughs> what a pussy. I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna say thirteen dozen because I'm gonna win the bet easily that way. But I'm gonna guess somewhere up to thirty five dozen. How many we got? Okay, so my first year hunting down there, we hunted open water. We used eighteen hundred decoys. How many? Eighteen hundred. Holy God fuck. damn! And, and you do the math on that. That's one hundred and fifty dozen, if I'm guessing. Jesus. So I win the bet. Yeah. Thirteen, twelve <laughs> dozen. Twelve dozen, he said. I knew better than that shit. Eighteen hundred fucking decoys. You put them some bitches out every day. You leave them up. No, you leave them out for sixty days. God, how long does it take to put them fuckers up? Three weeks. <laughs> it's a it's a two day event. You go out there with a couple boats, get about five or six guys, and pick them. So we tie all of our decoys off of bricks. That's um, insane. Your red, yeah, your red clay bricks, and we tie them off and let them sit. So, so you'll you'll run eighteen hundred decoys on day one. God damn. That's when I first started hunting there. We were hunting an open water spot. Uh, we had a lot more room then. Uh, this past year, we ran twenty four dozen of the Higdon battleships, the power packs that they sell there, the mallard and uh, black duck mix. That is just that is an eighteen hundred fucking. De- that's a fucking football field full of decoys. <laughs> How big a spot was that? It's we had probably eight hundred yards to the closest blind from us, so we had plenty of space. And we were, we ran I know two mojos out back, uh, probably six mojos out front. 
switch, been, switch uh, to Lucky uh, Ducks. They're better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. I think I'm going to pick up my first one this year and try it out. Get I like the, the wa- remote. Get the waterproof one yes. with the remote. You, you'll thank us. Yes. How the fuck do you drive down this fucking lake in a boat with all these goddamn decoys? There must be 15,000 fucking take, decoys out there. How many trips does it take? Well, we've got uh, two years ago, uh, one of the guys that I hung with down there, the majority of the guys are probably in their late 40s that I hung with. Uh, one of the guys bought a house down there on Real Foot Lake. So with the house, and we put a shed out there, so we store all the decoys inside this big shed. So we just take the boats down there whenever we want and kind of store them at the house or take them home during the summer. Sometimes in the summer we'll go down and fish and hang out. Oh, but, goodness. Fuck, somebody could steal a yeah. hundred of your decoys and you wouldn't even fucking know it. <laughs> <laughs> they could, they could Man, steal it's not uncommon. How many, okay, I, I, I'm a math guy, a numbers guy. You're putting out 1,800 fucking decoys because it ain't 1,800 decoys. It's 1,800 fucking decoys. That many. Yeah, and if you figure that y'all are one of 40 groups out there doing this shit, it ain't, now I understand why these decoy guys sell so many fucking decoys. There's 100,000 decoys in that fucking lake. But, 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 tell them, Dane, when your average is 22, 23, 24 birds a day, you don't look like, uh, you don't look like such a moron. Right. Well, I didn't (laughs) say, I never said anybody looked like a moron. I'm just counting how many fucking decoys are out there. That is a lot. A hundred. Uh, there's there's I, probably 10, I like 10 or 12 attitude. guys that run that many now. Okay, 10 of them. That's, God almighty, that's 20,000 decoys. A bunch of them got to be out of range. Mm. Yeah. yeah, how do you do the kill hole in a deal like that? You try to create some lanes from the left and the right. Sometimes I'll do one in the center, and you have just one big open kill hole up front. With uh, We typically run uh, it's called a duck thing. Have you heard of them? No, but I've learned a lot today. It, <laughs> well, it's it's almost like a, uh, like a track system that you run, set the decoys up on to run the decoys throughout the kill hole. Uh, we'll we'll hook those up through a mallard machine or uh, oh, what's it called, the decoy boss. Where you we wire the electric through the blinds. We have a control panel inside <laughs> the blind to turn the motors off and turn the uh, duck thing on and off. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. That fucker that listens to this that fucking stands under a tree and kicks water yeah. to make up six decoys move. <laughs> they got a control panel, Bubba. Do you hear that shit? <laughs> Fuck. We get him by two dozen decoys. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's 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 definitely not on me. It's uh, definitely a group effort. There's no way I can afford all that. Y'all are the ones that are holding all the ducks up from Louisiana. Fuck, they see that decoy spread uh-huh. like, fuck, we're here. Yeah, no shit. They're gonna be on y'all's ass. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. That's that's gonna be the next thing. They're they're gonna they're gonna be like uh, they're gonna cap you on how many decoys you can put out there. When, when, when do y'all? When, what's the number? Are y'all gonna get any more decoys, or have we got the spread? We're, we're not gonna build no more because you know y'all got to have that one dipshit that hunts with you. That's like, oh, damn, I think we need more decoys. You you got to break two thousand. <laughs> no, see, we don't. We don't use that many anymore. Uh, a lot of those have been sold off. Oh. Uh, like the spot that I typically hunt now, like I was saying earlier, that we run the twenty-four dozen uh, in that hole, and it fills it pretty well. So that's about the max we'll probably go for right now until we have to buy some new ones. You got eleven guys blowing a duck call. You got 
250,000 fucking decoys in front of you. <laughs> them ducks are like, <laughs> them ducks are flying around going, where in the fuck are we at? <laughs> Back in the motherland. I'll tell you, do uh, you guys know Boone Barton with uh, Higdon? No, I don't, know, any, I, don't, with him. I don't know any of the Higdon guys. Uh, well, he, he's kind of over some of their sales there, and he explained it best to me one day. We were talking about a real foot. He said, once those ducks hit real foot, it's kind of its own bubble. There's nowhere else in the country where people hunt like people do on real foot lake. And that's so the they, guy that's they, selling decoys always, to everybody there, right? Correct. He's telling him, you got to have more. you got to have more. <laughs> what did uh, – <laughs> Results don't lie, right? Where, where are the uh, where's Night and Hill boys from? Are they from Kentucky or are they from Tennessee? Uh, I want to say they're from Kentucky. I, I really don't know I think them very Kade, well. Kade's Kentucky or something's where they're from. I think. Yeah, Katie's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie's Kentucky. That, that's probably thirty forty five minutes from me. Y'all are a bunch of inbred people right there. Y'all just all thirty minutes from each other, mm-hmm. hunting back and forth. Hey, that's. It's the easiest way to measure distance here. <laughs> it's kind of the way it is here. That's too. a really unique area that y'all live in, and it's funny because when you think of duck hunting, nobody ever thinks of Tennessee, and you got Real Foot Lake there. Nobody thinks of Kentucky. Yeah. All the and that area is all right there together, and that's that's some awesome stuff. How many birds? How many birds are wintering at Real Foot? What's that? How many ducks do they think winter at Real Foot Lake? You know, I'm not for sure. Um, I haven't looked at any numbers this year to be honest with you um i've kind of kept my focus on the local area the ballard county wma just because it is closer to home and they're working on some uh, uh some work down there to make it a better ground to hunt in but it's not i don't think it'd be as much as you would probably guess just because it gets so hot down here like right now it's 91 degrees and it feels like 102. No, no, I mean, how many birds do they winter in the wintertime? Do y'all holding a half a million birds? Oh, in the thousand? wintertime. I'm sorry. Yeah. I misunderstood. <laughs> um, the highest count I saw last year was probably 150, just within the surrounding real foot area, because there's a couple of refuges close, 150,000. Do y'all, do y'all, does anybody out there field hunt ducks? Yeah, there's some guys that hunt near Real Foot Lake that hunt out of pit. Uh, nobody does the layout blind thing here. Well, it's I, that's a, I would be field hunting them fucking ducks. Uh, you damn sure don't need 10,000 decoys to do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the primary no, agriculture uh, in that air, area? Who owns uh, We're looking at corn, soybeans, um, wheat. We do a little bit of barley. Um, I actually work for the Kentucky Department of Agriculture and uh, oversee about half the state for the grain division. Yeah. So um, I get to travel pretty well across the state and try to pick out some good duck spots if we're just going to chase them around and hunt on public ground. Hey, so I was talking to Blake earlier today, and you're with the Department of Agriculture. The the USDA has come out and said that this year there is 91.7 million acres of corn planted. Last year, there was 92 million acres. Is that close to what, I mean, we're, we're sitting down here thinking that everybody's way behind and that there's no way that they got that corn That can't be correct. There's no way. I don't know about for the rest of the country. I could tell you probably some exact numbers here in about a month once I go for a conference for work and find out. But 
uh, I know here we're looking, we're about 10% behind what we were last year, and we're sitting at probably 75 to 80% ton here in Kentucky throughout the state. So you're not, th- so, I mean, that's not that far behind. For the amount of rain that you've had to only be 10% behind, that's not. Yeah, but I think like Indiana and Illinois and Ohio are way behind. I'm just oh, yeah, they're much further behind. I'm just telling you what Blake said. I'm glad you're quoting yeah, Blake yeah. for a change. Usually you well, don't believe nothing the, he tells the, you. The so. USDA. Right. I believe the government. Trump, <laughs> Trump's running. Your father-in-law works for the USDA, so you're buying into all this shit? That's what they say. Okay. So <laughs> my my next question is, you work for the state of Kentucky. It's going to be off waterfowl. How, y'all have done a lot of relocating on the elk. Are, are you seeing a big increase on that up there? Uh, that's more um, towards the northeast side of Kentucky. Um, I know that they have a quota hunt, what they call it. You have to put in for a draw every year, and they only draw a certain amount of people. But I know the population, from what I've seen, has grown through the past 10 years. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that try to go. They got drawn this year to go, uh, I believe it's September when they're going to go hunt in eastern Kentucky. Yeah, it seems to be doing pretty well. And, it, I mean, the meat's awesome. I wish we could hunt more up there. You know, the, the the hunters always catch a lot of shit in the media because we just kill everything. But if it wasn't for hunters, we wouldn't have any of this game left. And hunters are the one that's brought all that conservation back and bringing the elk herd back to Kentucky. Yeah, that's that's no joke. Um, uh, not to not to throw out any sponsorships or anything like that, but I, I'm also a brand ambassador for a company called Go Wild, if you guys have heard of them. Uh, it's a social media app directed towards conservation and getting new hunters out there uh there's a lot of different working parts to it but uh that's really what i'm about and why i got involved with them because the conservation efforts alone um, i know just in kentucky have been really really strong in the past few years and it's really reflected in the duck numbers alone uh, i know the whitetail population is going up as well as the eastern turkey population I'm a big turkey hunter, too. So. so what will Go Wild do? They'll find a piece of property and restore it, or they just keep it from being urbanized? What What does Go Wild do? No, uh, Go Wild is a, it's kind of like a social media app. You can actually get in the App Store, the Play Store, whichever um, phone you have there, and check it out. Um, so you sign on and you create a profile, and you can get on there and share your stories um, through hunting or uh, conservation efforts or recipes. You can get on there and do that. Um, they have a patent-pending logarithm scoring system. Uh, I can't remember how many species are on. I know it's over 300 different animals right now uh, that score uh, your harvest, and it doesn't take into, just take into account, like, if you shot a deer, they wouldn't just count the antlers and the size of the deer. It takes into account whether it's private or public land, uh, what you harvested the animal with, bow, shotgun, uh, whatever. It's one of those crazy guys that hunts with a spear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty uh, unique, and I know we just partnered with Garmin. Uh, I know pretty much everybody's familiar with Garmin and their yeah. product. Um, so if you get, there's a, you can get their wearables to watch. If you connect it through the Go Wild app, uh, there's different functionalities that you can put in. So if you're a bow hunter and you're practicing or hunting, uh, deer or something you're shooting you can hold your phone in the other hand or someone else can hold it and you can feel your heart feel your heart rate and read the numbers 
on your phone as you shoot no through the numbers on your watch. Holy yeah. cow. I'd like to know that those numbers would be fascinating to me. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I've been trying to get on those guys to get a functionality for duck hunting just so we know, like, mm-hmm. when you start blowing on the call or yeah. when you have a group work in, they could be pretty neat. Yeah, no, that would be cool. I know one thing when the season first starts is my face, my like, my lips go numb. Whenever you know you're calling at such a volume down here, it's like fuck. Your your lips go retarded, and then you just you botch all these different notes. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to know the vitals of it though. That'd be interesting to know. I've heard yeah, it. it's it's really neat. This is a new this is a new deal. Go wild. They've only been around a couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, um, they the app, the original app, which released on the Apple platform. Uh, came out, I believe it was October, November of 2017. Um, I reached out to the one of the co-founders back in April of 2017 just because I saw him on Instagram. Um, I liked their mission statement, what they were working towards, and try to get involved. Uh, so, yeah, it is fairly new, and it's an exciting company, and I'm glad to be a part of it. They're really neat. Well, we need more places that are going to help get kids back into hunting. For sure, and that's um, that's a big part of what we do as well. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen it, all the criticism, especially on social media, uh, people just putting each other down, and not just outside the industry, but inside the industry as well. Oh, there's a lot um, of backstabbing going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know Tony Vandemore, he hit on it on his podcast uh, a few days ago. It uh, doesn't matter. I mean, you blow echo calls, you can blow R&T, and guys will be hating on one another just because of what you blow in the duck pond. Yeah, they, they split no, for some reason. no place for it. No, like guys split up into teams real bad. Like, you know, and, and we're kind of bad about this too. Like, you know, we kind of bash the, the you know, some of the guys that wear Sitka a lot. And at the end of the day, it's just if you're out there and you're contributing, then do what you want to do. Unless, uh, uh, other than using it, uh, uh, the finisher. Yeah, finisher I'm drawing a hard line on. I'm drawing a hard line on the finisher. But if you want to wear Sitka or you want to blow Echo or Night in Hell or Haydale Game Calls, whatever you want to do, just fucking get out there and have at it. Have fun. Yeah. That's, uh, we're all in it for the same reason. For the We all want to hunt ducks. We want our kids and grandkids to hunt ducks or whatever it is you like to hunt or fish. It's, we all want it to last forever. So what kind of – you said you don't really get the Canadas anymore. Have you had much success with the specs? We have every now and then, um, just depending on the weather, of course. More so in um, Ballard County in Kentucky. Um, there and southern Illinois will have some success coming out of pits. Um, there will be the occasional crazy specs if for some reason wants to come sit down on the water by itself. I guess it gets lost from a pack right. and we'll kill it on Realfoot Lake or uh, Kentucky Lake here. Supposed to you probably need to get about 10,000 speckle-bellied floaters to go with the duck decoys. That'll probably help you a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the problem. We don't have enough decoys. Don't do that. You'll change the migration. We like our speckle-bellies down here. Oh, God. Well, you know it. They'll be short-stopping like the ducks, and we'll be like the poor Louisiana guys. Oh, man. I've, I've been in on that conversation so many times, and it's, uh, it's really starting to get old in some aspects. I know what do you blaming what it do you, on multiple factors. What do you think? What's your opinion? To me, yep. To me, it's a culmination of things. Um, the practices are different, not just in in the United States, like in the northern states. I know uh, Tony says he he plants multiple crops for ducks, and I think that's great for a habitat. Um, 
but you look at Canada too, their agriculture business has boomed in the last 20, 30 years compared to what it did before. Um, that's going to create a different uh, action for the ducks and the geese. They're going to act different. They're going to choose a different pathway. Uh, I know the weather has changed quite a bit. Uh, I know here alone we've had four tornadoes in the past two months. Yeah. And it's the first time I've ever seen one here. I've lived here for a little over 20 years. So I think it's a combination of weather, weather changes, uh, the habitat and the food sources. And there's a lot more in some places, open water for ducks and geese. Um, they're afforded the opportunity to go swim around and have a open hole somewhere. Why would they leave if they have food and water and place to sit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard not to agree with you. And I, I, you know, I think we've been pretty clear on this podcast that we think it's more, you know, weather related and, you know, the factors that you added to it are, are definitely valid, but you know, you don't get snow up North and you don't get snow for very long and they're not going to, they're not going to push out. They got food and water, just like you said. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's the driving factor and how they, how they react. So there's going to be some legislation changes coming too. I'm afraid because the squeaky wheel gets a grease and they're raising enough hell and they've got some politicians on their side that they're going to get some changes done. I don't know what it'll be, but there's definitely going to be some different things coming along. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, I read an article today actually about, um, some city commissioners in Denver, Colorado, they're rounding up Canada geese yeah. to have slaughtered and feed to the, the needy. The homeless, yeah. Yeah, the needy. Yeah. I didn't read the article. I saw the headlines. That right there is a good reason to go get a fucking job and get you a place to live so you don't have to eat a fucking goose. <laughs> <laughs> Might be what they're talking about. I don't know do. if they, yeah, I don't know if they let people home on the golf course like they do here, but. The, the geese and the big the, – everybody has local geese. We don't have local geese here. But I cannot imagine living in somewhere in your house, in your yard. And if I had 50 fucking geese in my backyard shitting everywhere around my pool and stuff, I'd be a mad son bitch. <laughs> I mean, I would. I could, I could see where it would really drive people crazy. Oh, yeah, that's understandable for sure. Especially for people that aren't used to getting out and hunting or being around – uh, wildlife in any form. They've been in the city their whole life. So, what did that article say? This the who who who's going to round these birds up in Colorado? Uh, from the from what I read, it's showing that the USDA is on the front lines of the efforts on rounding them up. Uh, they're going to go out there. I think they said they have a, approximately five thousand mm-hmm. and uh, local geese there. They didn't give a number on how many they're going to try to round up. From what I read. The USDA is on the forefront. Did it say how they were going to do it? Just cannon nets or breadcrumbs into the? How are they going to round these bad boys up? And then who's going to solve uh, them? Like that? Pro- that could be a yeah. Bad. They should probably use yeah animal crackers or something. Is probably what I'd use. But uh, no, they didn't say in the article what they're going to do for them. Fuck, they're going to round them up, and give everybody a finisher, and let them have at them. But fuckers. I'm wondering, like, who's gonna who's going to process these birds? Oh, I'm sure that they'll figure out. Yeah, some that's way a good of- question. They're going to offset it with all the free dope smokers with all the extra money they're making. The munchies. Yeah. Goose's, goose, <laughs> goose tacos are real good for uh, for the munchies. That's that, that's interesting, though, and, and I think that's a good idea. I tell you what, you could come to some neighborhoods in Texas in the hill country, sure. and you could round up, shit, hundreds and hundreds of whitetails. Well, just that they do it with wild pigs, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got, I'm all for yes. that. 
Yeah, I'm curious. What's the pig situation like down there? We got a lot of them, and they ain't going nowhere. They, a lot they, of them. Yeah. You know why? They breed like Democrats, and they, and, and they go all the time at it, and they have multiple litters a year, and they don't have places. They, 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 they stay on somebody else and move around. I mean, they really don't have a predator here. Yeah, either. none. A mountain lion, and we don't have any mountain lions. I mean, I don't think a, co- a coyote might take uh, a piglet, but it's not going to take on anything that's probably more than, would you say, six weeks old? Yeah. Like two I'm months after, old? Yeah, after that, they're, they're, they're not to fucking with a pig. The, the pigs are exploding here, and they're not going to go nowhere. I can you, t- you have some up there, don't you? Or not yet? Uh, I haven't seen any myself. We've gotten some reports where they're in uh, a little bit further west from me. They've come up from Tennessee and Arkansas. Um, they're going further same, north. There's not very many. They're going further north yeah. from what I've heard. Yeah. Heard, uh, yeah, they're coming Kansas up this way. It's a matter of time. They t- they tear up shit, but they're not our population. Our pig population is steady, and it has been for a long time. The drought, the three year drought we had, hurt them a little bit, but they they eat a lot of rattlesnakes. So or they've knocked the snake population way down, I guess. But they're not hurting nothing. Really? Yeah. Back to your deal about Denver, though. You know what's going to happen on this, and and this is all seriousness. There's going to be some li- liberal that's going to be pissed off because they're not providing vegan meals for these people. You watch. Did you see you're Arby's? Gonna have to give them a vegan, you're going to have to give them a vegan alternative. Did you see Arby's came out and they have a vegetable? It's a tur- It's turkey, and they like sliced it and they rolled it up to make it look like a carrot and they boiled it and everything. And it's a, like they saying that's a slap at uh, vegans. Fuck them. Because it looks like a carrot, oh and they're they're saying you got to eat your you got to eat your vegetable well, for the vegans. Good for Arby's. Yeah. I mean, but but they're gonna. There's some vegan out there will be bitching and raising hell because we're not giving the homeless. I mean, if you're fucking hungry and you're homeless, you'll eat the ass out of a skunk. It's not like you're gonna be pissed off because they bring you goose meat. You just be happy to have a meal. That's the thing. Like, how long would you think a vegan would stay a vegan if we put them on like a desert? Put them on one of those survival shows. About two days. <laughs> That's it. Fuck about two days. Two days of not eating, they'll eat fucking. They'll be eating fucking raw beef. They're done with that. Yeah. Line of thinking. Dane, you listen to yeah, our podcast. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You, you, and you know how how Andy tries to impress everybody with stuff. You've noticed that, haven't you? <laughs> I don't know about that. I think he goes back and forth. See. So we're, we're in South Carolina and we order dinner, and the lady's special is beef tartare. And I was sure oh. hoping Andy was going to order that shit because usually Andy wants to impress everybody. So I thought, oh, yeah, Andy's going to order that beef tartare. He didn't bite on that. That's raw meat, didn't it? I said, oh, yeah, it's good. Well, <laughs> you're Mr. Impressing, you're, uh, impressing everybody because you've had beef tartare. I didn't go. I've had it. It's nothing great. Okay. Well, there you go. But I wasn't going to try to impress everybody. But you could just see well, Andy. Boy, the wheels were going in his head. He's He sure was wanting to try it. <laughs> Have to you me. had beef tartare, Dane? I can't say I have. I've eaten uh, duck hearts raw and goose hearts raw. That's about it. What, somebody dare you to do that? No or shit, you just duck a or what? No, it's just kind of a, a tradition thing, breaking in a season. You get you shoot one, and then uh, you breast it out real quick, and then take the heart out. So you do we this eat the every year? Anyway. Oh, you do? Yes. God, yeah. you fuckers need a better hobby. Well, how are you eating them? I mean, what are you saving them for? They're raw. You just hurt him. It's like a little fucking snack. No, you. Uh, when we breast out all the birds, and then we take the tenderloins out of the what's left of them, uh, then we cut the hearts out, and we'll put them in a skillet, cast iron skillet, uh-huh. and you put them in there for about a minute and a half, 
the hearts at least and pull them out. I mean, they are good. I, I, you need to try it. Do they not sell beef in Tennessee and Kentucky and shit? <laughs> they do. Um, i tell you who got me turned on to it. You guys may check him out. Uh, it's a guy named Jeremiah Dowdy. Um, he started something called From Field to Plate, and he and his family strictly eat only what they harvest, so what they kill or what they catch. And uh, he's created quite a reputation for himself with Mossy Oak and a few other brands. He does a really, really neat thing. Jeremy Dowdy's his name? Jeremiah Dowdy. Is he skinny guy or fat he's guy? A, <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty stout fella. Uh, he's he's a good hunter then. See, all that's that, how you could tell. It's all that lean meat he's eating. And he lives in California. Oh, that poor bastard. So so you <laughs> so you you brown these hearts for a minute or two, and then there's just little hors d'oeuvres, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're just about one bite is all you get. You gonna try that, Andy? I don't. I might. You, you, I might. I'd try it. If, I bet, Ron, if Ron tries it, I'll try. I it. know Dad's probably eating the motherfuckers, hitting you. Oh, say so, no. He said this hearts. This is a heart, Ron. Yeah. Oh well, Ron is right there with they're, you on eating them. They're they're pretty good. It's about like uh, do you guys eat squirrel brains in Texas? Oh, <laughs> no. Fuck! Why would you I've do got that? Got a grocery shit. store. Squirrel <laughs> brains. Fuck. When when we were in Louisiana though, I saw we went to uh, a place we were gonna get some uh, fresh shrimp, and they had turtle meat there, boneless turtle meat. It's good stuff. I almost got that. That's but that be that would be like the furthest that I would go. Like you got turtle meat, and then like you've got seven or eight different steps you have before you get to squirrel brains. In my category, <laughs> turtle meat's pretty good. We make a turtle soup. I've had turtle soup. It's damn good. It's pretty mean. So yeah. tell me about these squirrel brains. <laughs> I want to hear this shit. <laughs> well, uh, I tell you, my grandmother, she got me started on them when I was a little kid. She used to cook them for my grandfather. He passed away before I was born, but uh, she would make, I'd go out and we'd kill some squirrels and bring them in and take the heads. you cut the heads off and skin them and then throw the whole head in the pot mm-hmm. with uh, some dumplings. And then you dip your ladle in there and dip some heads out and crack the skull and pick the brains out what's it taste like <laughs> you've had it dad uh, uh, there's nothing else that i can really describe it as it, the texture of it will throw you off at first what's the texture but, like I mean, a rubber band yeah pretty close <laughs> it's it's a little more edible than a rubber band <laughs> that's a, how many fucking squirrel brains you gotta eat to get full yeah <laughs> well, you eat. I try to stick to the dumplings most of the time. <laughs> I don't blame <play laughs> you. My goodness. Yeah. I thought Kunatzes would eat anything, but apparently not. Apparently, it's your boys from Kentucky. Man, it's wild here. We've got the big Asian carp problem here in all of our lakes and in the rivers. Yeah. And you've got these big fancy restaurants we have downtown that are local restaurants. They're charging probably $20, $30 a plate for a filet of Asian carp. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. That is something. And they're calling it whitefish. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Hey, I saw uh, Kentucky's own passed away. Uh, the hefty lefty. Oh, he did? Yep. And I was going to bring that up. Um, Jared Lorenzen? I saw yeah. that before we got on, yeah. No shit. How, yep. what ha- heart attack, I'm I saying. Oh, his mom uh, confirmed to ESPN that he had passed away. He was a damn good boy could throw a football. Yeah, he could really launch it. I know uh, 
Uh, he's been in the hospital the past couple of days from what I've heard from some different podcasts and radio shows throughout Kentucky. Uh, but now I'd like to send prayers out to his family. I know that they're going through a hard time right now. And through Kentucky athletics, I know it's going to be a tough time for the next week or so for everybody. Yeah, that's yeah, a, a bad dude. He was a good quarterback. Just a big boy. Liked, big, it, big liked the biscuits. Did the, oh, yeah. He was on the Giants with Eli Manning when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, Giants took him. And then, what? like, he lit it up in the Arena League from what I saw. I think I, I saw a little bit of – I think ESPN did an E60 on him, and I saw a little bit of it. But evidently, he just oh, like yeah. lit it up in, in Arena League. Who's the, who's the second best quarterback from Kentucky, Andy? I have Andy? no fucking clue. I'm glad I pulled out the hefty lefty. Randall Cobb. Didn't he play quarterback at Kentucky? No, oh, he was a wide receiver. Either. Who was the quarterback there? Tim Couch. Who, t- yes, Tim Couch. He was a washout. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bust. Browns fucked him, though. Why did they fuck yeah, him? Yeah, he got – Going to Cleveland. It hadn't hurt Baker. It's it's early. What did you think about <laughs> Tim Couch? Oh, I wasn't alive when he was around, honestly. <laughs> but, no, I keep up with Kentucky sports. I'm a huge UK basketball fan. You guys uh, need football. So I- <laughs> Hey, we had a pretty good year last year. I, I wish y'all would win the SEC one time. I'll tell you what, what wears my ass out about the SEC is everybody but Alabama is no different than any other conference. I mean, it, that, and that that's the truth. People in Georgia are going to get all pissy acting and shit, but Georgia's good about every four or five years. But you take, you take Alabama out of the SEC, and the SEC is no different than any other conference. But Alabama may so – oh, every, yeah. So everybody – and the, the coon asses are going to get all pissy. Mike Stewart's going to get all my ass tomorrow probably about this shit. But the Alabama, when somebody from the SEC loses, they're like, well, they're, now it's just the SEC. Well, no, your fucking team was seven and five. Yeah, You're not the SEC. Alabama is. But you, you, you guys are some big-time basketball people. Well, that's just like Falks. He, he's a Tennessee guy. But when Tennessee's out of it and oh, they're, and they're yeah. three and eight, yeah. oh, we got the SEC. Oh, fuck. You can't, you can't root for the whole conference. Because you hate Alabama when they're playing Tennessee. We ain't pulling for fucking Texas A&M never here. And they're not well, even they're in the, the Big SEC 12 now. no more, but it don't matter. I don't pull for them in the SEC. I'd rather LSU win. So, who do you, who do you root for? You root for Tech or UT? Andy's a Tech. I'm Texas. Now, okay. I, I, I pull for Tech in anything but football. I just – Now, we had a good basketball year. Yeah, y'all did. Yeah, yeah, they had an impressive run this year, and they're last two years, and they're going to be good again next year. They got a good coach. No. I'm not. I don't know a lot about fucking basketball because I'm short, fat, and white. But <laughs> if those teams like Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina, if they, if they get rid of that one and done shit, it would help y'all's programs a lot. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's been evidence of that in the last season. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with some of the players on there, but we had the that got PJ Washington that stayed for two years and it increased his draft stock enormously. He made a lot more money in the second year than he would have in the first year. You could name you could you could offer me and Andy both a hundred million dollars to name two players on Kentucky's basketball team, and I couldn't name one. Try to get me to name two on Tech's team. I'd have a hard time with Tech's team also. And other I watch and I watch the, the entire kid. I watched the entire yeah. tournament in March. I it's, have no clue. We live in Texas. We don't really give a fuck about basketball much. <laughs> I mean, just we don't but y'all <laughs> y'all are born I mean, that's y'all's deal. That's it. In Kentucky. Now, I have nothing against Kentucky basketball, but I'm not a big fan of old Jet the Judd girl. Man, Duke is a cuss word up here. No, the the Judd that's girl. A- What's her name? Oh, Ashley Ash- Judd. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, wouldn't yeah. piss on her if she's on fire. 
She's hot though. Yeah, she she yeah, caught a lot of flack in the past year, so. She's a bitch, but she's a she is a rabid Kentucky basketball fan. There is no doubt about. It. So, uh, what, how did you end up being Kentucky and not Louisville fan? Uh, well, my grandmother she uh, she kind of raised me throughout my life. Uh, my mother was around. My dad was uh, he was not around very much. She was kind of a drug addict and out of the house. So my grandmother was the one that helped take care of my sister and I. And during the winter, if we were there, you can best believe Kentucky basketball is going to be on. Right. So I kind of just fell into it, and uh, off it went, man. I haven't stopped loving it since. So you hate Louisville then? Oh, yeah. It's, if a true Kentucky fan will tell you they hate Louisville, uh, if you get somebody who tells you they like both, they don't like either one. <laughs> so what do you think about Rick Barnes at Tennessee? He's a great coach. Um I like him a lot. Uh, as far as uh, coaching-wise, I mean, he took that group at Tennessee and made them a heck of a team last year. I know they gave us a lot of bit. I'll bet you the people in Austin, Texas, wish they'd have never ran him off and would have hired O'Shaka or Shaq or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, Shaka's smart. Yeah, he ain't too fucking smart on my – his, he hadn't done a very good job. <laughs> so what pro team do you go for, Tennessee? For football? Uh, I watch the NFL a little bit. Um, since we've got Tennessee, some people used to root for the Rams when they were in St. Louis. Right. Like the St. Louis Cardinals are big here. Yeah. But uh, stick to Tennessee or guys that I've gone to school with some guys that are in the NFL now, so I'll try to root for them or whatever team they're on. Who'd you go to school with? Uh, Josh Forrest. He uh, he actually went to a different school. We were in the same class, mm-hmm. and we were friends growing up. He played for the Rams there for a while and he just got traded to the Seahawks I believe last year he's a linebacker for them nice yeah Kentucky's uh you went to high school with the NFL place. linebacker uh we went to separate high schools but yeah we're the same age we grew up together all that and I, I know uh my freshman year of high school our quarterback uh he set the national touchdown record I think you guys might find that interesting who, who what's his but name Nate. Corey Robinson. I think it's been broken since he left, but he threw 92 touchdowns in one season. Jesus. Good Lord. You ran some score up on some people. <laughs> so, the, yeah, there was. This old boy that was the NFL linebacker, could you whip his ass in high school? <laughs> no, he was stout from day one. Man. I bet he, you. Mm-hmm. He, he's a big old dude. And they're athletic as all get out. Yeah, if you play an NFL linebacker, they're you're a fucking stud. Different, and they're different minded. Like, uh, my buddy is uh, he's friends he's friends of a friend with AJ Hawk and like you you just okay. you just look at AJ and they'd be at the bar and they'd be like AJ bet you can't run through that wall over there AJ would try it but he's fucking starting <laughs> NFL linebacker let's just that's their that's their mentality so yeah they're they're a different level man you it's, just don't piss those crazy. guys off you just don't piss those guys no. off well man I've, they, I've they, I've really enjoyed this podcast. It, it has been an honor and a pleasure to uh, to speak with you. Yeah, I guess for sure. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it and getting to talk to you guys. I love the podcast. Here you can go back and forth. It's pretty. It makes my day. I drive about four hours every day for work. So yeah, it, it helps me out. Well, thank you for listening and uh, tell people again where they can get this. Go wild. Just it's at every app store. Just go to the app store and download it. 
the Go Wild. Yeah, app? Go Wild. Yeah, you can get on the Google Play Store or the App Store through Apple and uh, download it there, or check out the website at time to go wild dot com. Nice. Well, hey, I appreciate it very much, and um, you sound like you got a hell of a grandma. Very blessed boy. So we appreciate you being on yeah. here. Uh, God bless you, and have, have a great summer, and have a great fourth, and be safe. I appreciate it. Hey, before I go, I want to say uh, thank you to Payne for his oh. service. Oh. I know you guys had a big weekend. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. You just made my wife cry when she uh, listens to this. She doesn't listen, so you're good. <laughs> but, but thank you very much. That yeah. means a lot to us. It was a big weekend for us. Um, I'm t- if we, we covered it a little bit last the last podcast, but, yeah. Going to those things and seeing yeah. the sacrifice that those kids make, it's something else. It'll make the hair on your arm stand up for sure. Seeing them come out of the, the woods and stuff, it's uh, it's something. Yeah, for sure. And we, and, uh, we appreciate put, that. The, yeah, no problem. And uh, thank you guys. Have a good 4th of July. Stay safe out there and uh, keep it going. We've only got two more months, man, and we're there. <laughs> That's right. Keep the count down. All right, bud. I'll thank talk you. to you later, man. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Kentucky's got it going on. Yeah, it sounds like a real cool place to hunt and be. You're close to everything, so, I mean, you know, got Illinois, Missouri, Tennessee. Got it going on. That was that was fun. Well. I enjoyed he, it. I figure he'll probably start putting decoys out about August 3rd. <laughs> he needs to start tomorrow. Damn, that's a big He ass. needs to take his day off for the 4th and start putting out decoys. You imagine going to hunt. Now, see, I would like to go do something like that. would be an experience to say you did that, but you imagine you get in there in that boat and you come in at dark probably from the backside of it and you get in there and see? they got this fucking big ass room with all this food cooking and TVs yeah. and Shitter all that shit. Top. Yeah, go up. If you need to shit, go up on the roof. <laughs> and you get sit down in there and the sun comes up and you look up and all them fucking decoys and you're like, what the fuck am I'm I? Gonna mes- I'm going to message him. Hopefully he's got a picture of this thing so oh, I-, I can I can post it on for the... I would love to see it. Because I always do a, a little blurb about each episode on facebook so hopefully he's got a picture that we can see it what would see this masterpiece what what fun guy i love this public stuff i like talking about people in different places because if we go somewhere and i ask somebody and i do all the time where are you from and they tell me i always ask about something geographically or that local because everybody's different in their thing and i just really a good deal you hurt andy yeah you've been working all day uh, yeah good podcast appreciate dane for coming on And uh, we always appreciate you listening. So go to iTunes, leave us some reviews if you enjoyed this podcast, and we're out of here.